Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I am Rob Tombrella. Wow, the full name? Did did the full name today. Yes. That's very I don't want to confuse honestly. any of our listeners with the other Robs. That's true. So. There are so many Robs. <laughs> there you go. It's good, man. It's good to good to have you on, man. This is good. <laughs> uh, how are things? Things are great, man. Things are really, really good. Came back from a week-long trip in yeah. uh, Austin. That is sweet. How did and it go? How did Because you went with some students, right? We went with our student leadership team and one other student and several of our uh, adult leaders that help us out with the square. Mm-hmm. And we spent a full week in Austin with an organization called Dare to Share. Mm. And uh, the last last October, we did a Dare to Share event called Dare to Share Live. And we're going to do that again this October. Sweet. And that's kind of a one day training equipping thing. But what they do once a uh, um, for a whole week in several spots, several cities around the U.S. is called Lead the Cause. Mm. And that's what we went to. We went to the Lead the Cause event uh, in Austin. It was kind of a day, uh, day by day, five day training in discipleship and evangelism and prayer, intercessory prayer. It's really intense. And it was phenomenal, man. It was just a... It was an incredible week. I don't know how else to say oh, that. It was cool. just, it, it was refreshing for me and the other adult leaders. We learned, we grew, uh, but we also got to see the students step out and grow in so many cool ways. That's great. It was, it was awesome. Dude, was awesome. what are some, uh, is there a highlight you can share? Um, well, I saw students pray out loud. They, they would say this over and over again that week, like, we're going to pray now. We're going to pray out loud with words mm. just to kind of reiterate <laughs> the fact that we're not going to do this silent thing. Yeah. This is a week about stepping out in boldness and yeah. uh, believing the gospel in a way that, that we express that in prayer. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, you know, hearing students pray out loud for each other Um was, was pretty cool. And then them coming back after a, a day of, uh, of asking people to pray one day was, a, was focused on prayer. And so the whole point of just going out was just to, uh, interact with people, ask them if we could pray, uh, for them. Yeah. And I would see students pray for them, but then they'd come back and talk about it and share openly with a bunch of other students from all across the state of Texas. And, um, and then the next day was actually sharing the gospel. And so cool. a lot of our students did that, came back, uh, shared openly about that. So it was great to see them really take ownership of their faith and um, grow. I mean, yeah. you really saw students just grow spiritually right before your eyes in one week. That's great. really cool, man. Yeah. Uh, those kind of trips are just a, a cool time to to see just transformation in, yep. in people and seeing them grow. And uh, a lot of it has to do with getting out of the comfort zone of just everyday mm-hmm. life. A lot of it has to do with getting put into new situations and yep. uh, even uncomfortable situations. Yep. Um, but it's, it's exciting to watch uh, things like that happen in people's lives. Yep. So it's cool, man. I'm glad you guys got to go. And uh, sounds like it was a, a fruitful uh, trip. It so, was a great trip. That's awesome, We're going to have some students share uh, share some stories on Sunday. So oh, great. Excited about that for this, awesome. this coming Sunday. Yeah, yep. that's yep. exciting. Cool. Well, uh, we do have some questions to go through yes. from your sermon on Sunday. As a reminder to you guys, uh, you can text in your sermon-related questions to 469 469- 
573-2920, and we will answer them here. And Rob, thank you for preaching on Sunday. Thank mm-hmm. you for opening up Psalm 23 for us. And I think um, in some ways that would probably feel really approachable as a as a preacher and as a pastor, but at the same time, it's almost challenging because it's mm. it's almost like you have to figure out a way to, or I, I guess maybe there's the temptation to like, okay, I need to put a new spin on this because yes. we've all heard it. I need it. to be creative yeah, with you need Psalm to be 23. Creative and, um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say, like, I just thought you did a really great job of being faithful to the text, but opening it up in a, in a refreshing way, uh, a way that uh, at least I hadn't heard it preached. Um, and so I just wanted to commend you and say thank you for that and thank you for your faithfulness in the text and uh, just in serving our church. So absolutely, really cool, man. Man. thank thank you. Uh, I pre- appreciate your sensitive sensitivity to that because Psalm twenty three is is uh, well, it's just a passage that just means a lot to a lot of different people. Yeah. So it's one of, it comes with a little bit of pressure. Like yeah. when you, when you, when you lead worship and you're doing amazing grace, right? right. Yeah. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't bring a creative spin to this. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, sing the song as it's written kind of yeah. thing. Anyway. So that I did, I did feel a little bit of that, but yeah. thanks for your encouragement. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was a great time. Well, we did get these questions. Let's go ahead and yeah. get working through them. This first one, uh, a really good question. I think it's an important one. Uh, toward the end of the sermon, you mentioned that we can't be snatched out of Jesus's hand mm-hmm. and the father's hand wraps his hand. So we are doubly secure. How is it then that so many adults leave the faith or turn from the faith and even die as unbelievers? Are they saved no matter what? How do we know? And what does that look like? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, if somebody is saved uh, in their in Christ, Jesus's words are no one can snatch them out of my hand. And my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. So, so really what you're hearing there is the promise of Jesus. Jesus is saying, um, I have a grip of grace that is, is more powerful than, than any other grip. No one, no enemy, uh, Satan can't snatch them out of my hand. Uh, and my father, uh, who, who I am in spiritually. So we're in Christ and Christ is in God is greater than all. So he's basically saying you're in this, if we can go really deep here, you're in this triune. It's not just doubly protected. You're like triply protected Mm -hmm. because you're sealed with the Holy spirit. Ephesians tells us. So there's that, there's this, this triune protection and security over somebody who is in Christ. And so it just kind of gets back to, Saved is just a, a another phrase for being justified. Either I am justified or I am not justified. Either I'm yeah. saved and I'm in Christ or I'm not in Christ. So in regards to somebody who who uh, professes faith in Christ, uh, well, Jesus says there are people who 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 on the last day will have professed faith in Christ, but he sadly will say. I never knew you. And that's obviously the most terrifying reality with oh, that, yeah. that we, we read about. And it's supposed, yeah. its intent is to shake us up. And it's, its intent when Jesus says this is to Pharisees who uh, really are not following Jesus and um, whose hearts are, are hard and far from God and have a religious outward expression, but, but internally their heart is not towards God at all. And so he does give that warning that... Um, uh, that there is this this potential to for somebody to be deceived because I'm doing all these outward you know religious acts but but I, I'm not a follower of Jesus and and he says uh, depart from me I never I never knew you so again mm-hmm. it gets back to that relational 
aspect of what faith is. Faith is is uh, not just knowing about Jesus, it's knowing Jesus personally. Yeah. It's not just believing in, uh, because we're told in James, even the demons believe in God and they tremble. That their, their knowledge of God causes them to flee from God. So they have mm-hmm. intimate knowledge of God in some, some sense, but it causes them to run. But our knowledge of God, the saving knowledge of God, the justifying knowledge of God is a knowledge of God that causes us to trust in a loving way. And and for those who have trusted in in Christ in a loving way, they're, they're triply secured. Now it's, so my short answer to that is, uh, if somebody is is not, uh, you know, if they turn away from Christ, um, then one of two things: either they are not believers; they were never justified; they've never never truly believed, uh, and 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 they were never they were, they were never truly Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, or what we are perceiving as somebody uh, turning from God is actually a believer who is a weak believer mm-hmm. and a weak Christian, which, which there's a category in scriptures that often gets overlooked is, is simply a weak brother, a weak sister, mm-hmm. a weak Christian who struggles with doubts and struggles with security and struggles with assurance. And many, many uh, heroes of the faith, Charles Spurgeon being one, uh, walk through highs and lows in terms of his assurance, yeah. and uh, and and assurance is something that that lots and lots of Christians struggle with. I've struggled with assurance from time to time in my life, sure. and so you could see a uh, you could see somebody. It looks like they're turning, yeah. uh, who who is simply struggling with doubt and, yeah. and assurance, uh, and even to their dying breath, you know, they could be struggling with assurance, and you yeah. you, you could be misreading that and. Uh, and you never know what's going on in the heart, right. even in those dying moments. Right. You know, the the sheep know the voice of their shepherd, even in those those moments where we're we're uncertain uh, if they are justified and if they know Jesus, yeah. um, they will hear His voice, it, it, despite all their doubts and darkness and and all all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really helpful too. Just pointing out that like when we look to other people, when we're looking at their fruit, when we're examining, you know, when we come to to a topic like this and we're trying to say like, is this person really a Christian or are they just walking away from the faith completely? You know, we can't see into their heart. We're we're limited in what we can see. So I think it's important to say that this is a perception that we all have experienced, I think, from time to time of just saying like, wow, I thought they were a Christian, but now they're off doing that. What is going on? Right. Um, But I think the beauty that you're bringing up is just that, you know, the Lord leads us through seasons mm-hmm. and, and yeah. we go through seasons ourselves. We go through seasons where things are going really awesome and, and mm-hmm. times where it's just like you were ex- just expressing like times that we all just struggle with our faith, struggle Strong. with the Lord, feel distant and, um, and Christians sin, Christians do yeah. stupid things. You know, Christians can, you know, that term backsliding. I, I don't, I have yeah. historically not liked it because it, it kind of has this, this idea of, you know, you, they backslid, but then they got saved again, so they're okay. Or they yeah, recommitted right. their, that kind of idea of like back and forth and being justified or not justified, that right. sort of thing. Um, but there is a reality of people go through seasons where things are going really great and their relationship with the Lord is really right. evident in an external right. way. But I think it's equally valid to say that there's plenty of times where people go through dark seasons of life, you know, mm-hmm. that, that uh, dark night of the soul, as yeah, some theologians sure. have termed it, where it just seems like, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Lord. He's very distant from me. My right. life is kind of a wreck right now. I'm not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that might be due to mm-hmm. bad choices, you mm-hmm. know. 
Christians still make stupid choices yeah. that, that cause real life consequences. And those yeah. consequences might look a certain way to other Christians that might be led to believe, wow, they're walking away from the faith. And right. that just might not be the case. But the reality is, is we can't look into their heart no matter what. But right. God who, who sees everything in the human heart sees and knows who, you know, who belong to him and who don't. Right. Um, uh, and I think that's kind of our, uh, our hope for those people that we can say like, you know, I really hope that they were genuinely converted and they're mm-hmm. just walking through the season. The good news is that the story isn't over. Right. And even like you were talking about, like scripture makes clear, like, you know, first John two, that's where it says they went out from among us to show that they never truly were a part of us. You know, right. they weren't a part of the community of faith in a genuine, a genuine way, but the story's not over for those kind of people no. either. Right. Um, so we continue praying, we continue seeking, we continue to, yeah. uh, to reach out to those kind of people and, right. and see, seek to walk alongside them and to love them. And, um, you know, regardless of the state of their soul, always seeking to lead them to Christ and to lead them to, um, a life that, that confesses and believes that, that Christ is Lord. Well, and true saving faith is not the absence of all doubt. And it's helpful Mm. for people to understand that, that, you know, it's like the guy who, who witnesses the miracle of Jesus and says, I believe help my unbelief. Yeah. I've never in my life had perfect faith. Right. And if I'm wait, if I think if I'm, if I'm resting in, if my assurance is coming from, um, a state of, of mind where it, I have no doubts or no, right. no, <laughs> no concerns or anything like that, or I have perfect joy and perfect faith. And it's just this perfect high, then I'm, I'm not going to be a oh, very yeah, secure sure. person yeah. uh, at all <laughs> so because insecure. I have highs and <laughs> highs and lows as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, doubts will come. It's, it's, um, it's, what do I do with those doubts? Am I, am I, am I leaning in to the promises of who who Jesus promises to be for me? Even when I walk through, through the valley of, of the shadow of death, which sometimes you mean like in Psalm 23, just like in Psalm 23, my friend, just like (laughs) to bring it all back, uh, full circle, man. (laughs) But death, uh, for some people is doubts. They hate it. They, 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 there are people listening probably who, really struggle with doubt and they, they have a hard time acknowledging that to other people mm-hmm. because they think uh, church is a place where you're not supposed to do that and right. certainly not supposed to ever express that. Yeah. And what we want to say is is absolutely not. Um, we are weak. Our faith is weak. Yeah. And we are often under attack, mm-hmm. both from the world, the flesh, and the devil, as I mentioned on Sunday. And so we should regularly expect to go through moments of, of real doubt. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's why we go, go to that into community. We go to other people. Um, yeah. Uh, when I'm going through a low or when my wife and I are going through a low, we need other brothers and sisters, uh, to pick yeah. us up, you know, yeah, we need right. a place where we can unpack that. Yeah. So, right. So, well, I, on that note, um, I mean, I, this is a little bit of a plug, but I mean, we've been mm-hmm. talking about, you know, community group signups are coming up. Right. This is the exact reason to be in a community group. Absolutely. Because if you're off by yourself and you go through those seasons of doubt, you very well might just stop going to church and you might end yep. up just in your isolation uh, and your self-loathing and your 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 doubts, your fears, your hopelessness. You end up getting into this big rut. Right. Uh, whereas if you have relationships and people around you that are loving you, that that know you, that that know your temptations, your temptations to doubt or your temptations to hopelessness or your temptations towards certain sins. You can have that accountability in your life and those people around you to support you, like you're saying, in times of weakness. 
you know, that's a gift of, of grace to us from God of, of bringing us into community together. And so, and sometimes we think that, well, you know, that my need for community should match up with my desire. Like Mm -hmm. I should want to be, be with other believers when I'm the lowest. But I have found from my own experience that when I want it the least community, like unpacking what's really going on in my life, when I want it the least, I need it the most. Yeah. That's when I need it the most. Yeah. And when I just show up, God does stuff yeah. and, and just good, moves man. in my heart. In yeah, there's way. plenty of time. I think we can probably all relate to that feeling of I'm going through a really cruddy season of life mm-hmm. and I want you to reach out to me, but I also want you to leave me alone. Right. <laughs> like, I want you to love me the way I want you yeah, to love me. I want you to love me by leaving me alone, but somehow simultaneously <laughs> right. not leaving me alone exactly right. <laughs> so that I can't be angry at you. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't want you to challenge me on any uh, of my, my thoughts right we're now. We're such stupid people. Right? Yes. Because we're sheep. We That's are That's the sheep. reality. That is uh, funny. The oh, smartest man. sheep is still just a sheep. Dude, <laughs> at I, the end of the day. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I saw a video of a sheep from like Europe and they look like little stuffed animals and I wanted to reach out through the screen of my phone and pet it on the head. Yes. But I can't. But they were very they just looked fluffy and wonderful. So <laughs> on that note, yep. um, yeah, I, th- I think that was a really helpful answer, Rob. Thank you for uh, addressing that. Here's sure. our, our next question is this. Um, going back to your sermon, most people wouldn't think of Frisco as a dry and weary land. Why do you think that it is? Um, I, I think it's that way because of personal experience. So I'm a dad of a 14 year old, 13 year old and a 10 year old. And they're not all doing like multiple sports all at the same time. Mm-hmm. But right now, like two of them are in, are, are in sports and uh, are in basketball. And so uh, in our own our own pace of life, it's pretty uh, demanding. It's got a high demand. Mm. Uh, Sam's my oldest, and he's he's played uh, middle school basketball, and he's going to be uh, trying to play middle uh, high school basketball. He's going into his, his his freshman year this year, and he's also going out for football. And I love Frisco ISD. This is not a knock on Frisco. This is uh, this is every school. This is every place, everywhere, every city. But I do kind of think Frisco leads out in this is that there is such a high bar and a high expectation for uh, for for really for every level. Um, and that comes, I mean, at one level, it's, it's great that Frisco has such a high, high bar, but it also increases a lot of anxiety in kids to make the team, yeah. to, to make the grade, to get the scholarship, to get on the, uh, to hurry up and figure out what you're going to be in life at like sixth grade, oh, yeah, because you sure. got to get, you got to get in that right group early on, mm. whatever that is. If you're going to write code, you better, you better figure it out by That's sixth so grade. Much pressure. If you're, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I was thinking about what I was going to do. I'm not saying, I'm not recommending this, but I think I was thinking <laughs> about what I was going to do with my life. Maybe my senior year in high school. Um, I'm not recommending that, but I'm saying like in our city, there is a pace and expectation and and it fragments the family. I mean, I, I interact with, with friends, um, you know, whose other, whose kids are playing basketball and baseball and this and that. And, and there is, I mean, select leagues and their expectations. And I'm not just picking on sports because academics is the same way. And you got cheerleading or you got gymnastics or you've got, I mean, I kid you not, I was in one, I was in one, um, 
I think I was in a theater club meeting with uh, one of my sons. He was contemplating theater. The theater, I mean, it's a high demand there. And one of the teachers and instructors were talking about how their kid was recently uh, enrolled in clown school uh, here locally. And if you're a listener and your kid's in clown school, (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to dish you at all. That's that's awesome. I just was, I I was just kind of taking like 10 steps back going, man, we're, we're in a city where you can do anything yeah. <laughs> around the clock right. all year. Where I grew up in a town, you could only do baseball one season. You could only do basketball one season. Yeah, Not yeah, anymore. Yeah. You can do it all anytime you want. And oh, you can even goodness. do clown schools. And anyway, there is a pace. And I remember talking to a guy who's who from Manhattan and he's not in sit in Frisco anymore. He's, he's playing a church in, uh, in Oklahoma, I believe, but he came mm. from Manhattan and this, uh, this older pastor, uh, a couple of years ago told me that his move to Frisco was one of the hardest that he, he'd ever experienced because there was a pace to the city that was unmatched even by a place like Manhattan. Holy cow. And when he said that, I, I first I didn't believe it. Yeah. My kids were really little, but his kids were like teenagers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and since then, I have come to believe what he said is, is accurate yeah. and just talking to other families in their church and other, sure. we just have a pace in the city yeah. and some of that's born out of a frustration to become and to succeed and to see my kids succeed mm-hmm. and success is a big idol in our city. Uh, yeah. so we love our yeah. city and, but we want to, we want to compassionately love our city and to say, look, yes. dream a bigger dream for your kids and your family. Um, they're not, they're not all going to become sports. I know it's sports city USA, but what that <laughs> means is it's, uh, it's, it's like dream breaker mm-hmm. USA is where we are. Cause not all, every kid's going to make it in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not every kid. Oh, yeah. my kid does, but, <laughs> but not every kid is. And guess what? That's okay. Mom and dad, that's okay. And your kid's going to be all right. You know? So yeah. anyway, it's just, but that's a dry, we're in a dry and weary land because mm. we're chasing dreams, chasing hopes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of disillusionment among a lot of, yeah. a lot of families and yeah. a lot of, of, of teenagers are mm-hmm. disillusioned. Middle school students are disillusioned. Um, there's a lot of heartbreak out there in our city. If you just scratch below the surface. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a good answer. That's helpful. Um, kind of went off on that a little bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, it's okay. <laughs> that's why we do a podcast. Yeah. So you get to talk. Like settle down a little bit. Right. Sheesh, Rob, chill. <laughs> All right. Here's our next question. What are some examples of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and what do they look like? Like what, what does that look like practically for our life? Yeah. I think, you know, for some it's the, it's the obvious. Yeah. You've got somebody in your life who has died mm-hmm. and you're experiencing that loss. Like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of that loss yeah. and there, that vacuum of that relationship that you love so much that that person's not in your life anymore. Um, so obviously that, that's one of them. The yeah. other one is just like illness. Mm the fear of something bad happening to me, yeah. uh, physically, mm-hmm. um, you know, walking through a treatment, uh, if it's a cancer or something like that, that's, yeah. that's like walking through something that is sort of an imminent threat. Now we know, uh, we know biblically and speaking from scripture that all of us, um, 
because of sin, because of the curse of sin, we all have an expiration date. Like yeah. death is imminent for every single person. Yeah. But sometimes it's like you get the news from the from the doctor and it becomes real. Yeah. Like that reality, it's, it's much real more for everybody. Than you ever imagined. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, but it like hits you at this yeah. at this level of oh, I you know this uh, this is real, right? Right, and right. and. And then suddenly you're walking through the, through that valley. So there, there's yeah. that, right? And, and that Psalm 23 speaks to that. But then there's also other kinds of deaths, right? Like death of a dream, mm. death of a relationship. Um, there's other kinds of deaths that, that probably maybe don't map on to um, the, the hardest thing to walk through, but it's still very, very hard. Yeah. And, you know, you could be a person that's, that's, you've had a dream or you've had a desire, you've wanted something in your life, but it hasn't happened. It hasn't materialized. You prayed about it. There's yeah. nothing that, um, you know, you, it seems like it, this should be happening, but it's not. And yeah. you're walking through loss. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that for me personally, Psalm 23 has spoken to all of those things, but, yeah. but in particular, the, um, um, just walking through loss, yeah. you know, not, not having what, what you were, what you've been praying for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even another way that you had just shared on that first question can just be doubt, mm-hmm. you know, these, these, ex- these experiences of life that do feel, um, terrifying, mm-hmm. they, they just feel like you're in darkness, like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, right. Um, yeah. I, I think in realizing how real these experiences are is what really opens our eyes to the beauty of, of like Psalm 23 of saying like, Mm -hmm. we're all going to walk through these situations and, and maybe not in the same way, except for the, the way that you just stated, like, yeah, we are all going to die. Like that is a reality of a sinful world. And it's interesting to me, this collective denial that that we all seem to be in. And it's not a, I know I'm going to die. I don't really know. (laughs) Like, I feel like I don't, I've never really processed that reality, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the beauty is, is that for every single one of us, there's a good shepherd who's, who's going to walk with us in that. I think that's, that's the, for me, that's the most beautiful promise in Psalm 23 is like, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to be afraid. I don't have Mm -hmm. to be afraid because because God is with me because my shepherd is with me. with me. Yeah, exactly you are right. with me. Yes. And that Jesus offers in the shadow of death, real and eternal life. Yeah. So, you know, he says the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. So when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, that's what the thief is trying to do. Steal your joy, steal your peace. Um, you know, in, in, insist that God is not with you. Yeah. And that's probably the biggest fear, right? I think the yeah. biggest fear of our biggest fears, you just mm-hmm. name whatever, fill in the blank of what you are really afraid of that you try not to ever think about ever happening to you. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes the root of that is I'm going to be all alone and that, that yeah. God is, is, I can't see God in that scenario. Yeah. I can't see his love and I can't see his mercy mm-hmm. in that scenario. Um, but that's what Psalm 23 speaks to that, that when and if we experience that valley, mm-hmm. he's going to be with us. I heard somebody say years ago that, you know, uh, God's grace is not just, is not for our imagination. Mm. It's when we're there that his grace shows up and that he's going to be with us. And, it's so good. Um, 
and then he promises life. So the thief comes to steal and, and kill, but he promises life and to have it abundantly. Yeah. Like he's going to help us experience an overflow of his eternal life, yeah. even as we're walking through the valley of, of death, which yeah. is shocking to imagine, but that's the testimony of the church for 2000 years since Christ has ascended yeah. to, to heaven and poured out his spirit. Yes. That when I walked through the valley, I couldn't believe it, but God showed up. Yeah. And he, he, he gave me a table in the presence of my enemies right. and my cup actually overflowed. I had a mm. supernatural joy yeah. uh, that I didn't know before I walked in the yeah. valley, before I went to the valley. Yeah. I mean, I, I've experienced that in a small measure and you have too. Like the, I couldn't believe, I was surprised. Yeah about his grace. Right. Yeah. Right. As, as, as when I was in the desert place, mm-hmm. like his, he showed up, you yeah. know? So, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Well, the next question is what would you say to someone who's feeling scared? But I think you just said it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm feeling scared, <laughs> if you're feeling scared, um, I would say you are not alone. Yeah. You, you just ask other people, have the courage and boldness to ask other people about their fears and you're going to find that you're not alone Mm. and you're not on an island and you're not crazy and Satan will tell you that you are. You know, Satan will tell you that you, there's nobody that can relate to you. That's that's really his strategy for keeping us in sin really is that nobody can ever relate to you. And that's Mm. true of fear. Like nobody's ever going to relate to me if I, if I share that I'm, I'm scared, Mm. you know, that I'm just honestly garden variety scared. Yeah. And then I would say, acknowledge that. And then just go to the word, mm-hmm. go to the word because the word has the power. If you're waiting on your feelings to shift, they won't. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So if you go to the word and you hear the words of Jesus, uh, say that I'm with you, that I'm the good shepherd, that yeah. I laid my life down for you, yeah. the exact words, faith is going to come yeah. because Jesus he doesn't lie. <laughs> he doesn't That's right. Lie. He doesn't. Yeah. So. That's good. That's good, man. Well, we got this last question. It says this, you mentioned, uh, being sent out, the sent outness. Mm-hmm. Uh, why does it matter that we are secured in Christ and sent out as well? Like you kind of put those two together on, on Sunday for us. Yeah. I just find it fascinating that Jesus says, you know, I'm, you're in my grip and you're in the father's grip. Mm-hmm. And I have sheep that are not of this fold. Mm -hmm. And so it's like in the same breath, he's saying, you're totally secure. He doesn't say, so just sit back and take it easy. He says, because you're doubly secure, go out and spread the gospel. Go tell every single person in the world about the security that can be found in Jesus Christ alone. And so he sends you out. But you know, he does that double security thing also in the Great Commission Mm -hmm. where he says, Go into all, but behold, I'm with you. you, How's it start? All authority in heaven and earth is mine. Uh You're secure. Yeah. Go therefore and preach the gospel to all nations. Mm -hmm. So that's our responsibility. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So like sandwiched in our responsibility is the security of Jesus. He's over us in all authority and he's with us. Spiritually. So Rob, like, you mean we're not supposed to be like the frozen chosen or anything like that? We're not that? supposed to. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Ugh to the frozen chosen <laughs> idea that we sit back. How dare we sit back yeah. when, when it's our responsibility to yeah. take the gospel, knowing that people are going to respond. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus has not, has made it so clear. They will hear my voice. Yeah. So you go to the hardest place somebody's going to hear the voice of Jesus 
and, uh, and we go in confidence and we go in joy, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. There's a certainty about that. You know, my sheep know my voice that they Mm -hmm. will hear it, you know, they're going to hear it, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that that should bring us confidence in knowing that, you know, the power of conversion, the power of the gospel is not in us. Right. We're just a tool in his hands. We're just exactly. a means. Uh, but the power is his. The power of salvation is 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 his. And so when we go out obediently, we don't have to feel like the pressure's on. Right. The pressure's on us or anything like We have to say it right. We have to do this right. Because the reality is, is you can be the greatest orator, uh, you know, out there saying amazing speeches and stuff and no one cares. Or you could just be someone who's who's humble, who, you know, believes, trusts in the Lord and just goes out and says, I'm going to be yep. obedient. I, you know, I'm going to do my best to learn and be yep. good. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to fumble over my words. I want to learn. I want to try and grow in this area. Um, but I'm going to be mm-hmm. obedient and go like I've been told and just trust that the Lord is going to yep. save his people. Right. You know, so well, that's what Spurgeon said. The gospel is like a lion. Yeah. You know, you don't have to defend the lion. That's you right. just have to let it out. That's right. It's so great oh, just to imagine it. thinking about that. And I heard this week when we went to lead the cause, one of the guys shared an illustration about like a grenade. A grenade is a grenade no matter w- what hand it's in. And sometimes mm. we think, the really good grenade thrower is the preacher on Sunday. Mm. And he was just making the point that, that teenagers uh, can throw a better grenade um, sometimes than, than, uh, than uh, the leader, you know, That's the cool. pastor, you know, That's because cool. a grenade is the power is not in the, yeah. the person, the power is in the gospel. Yeah. It's just cool. like in the powers in a grenade. So it's anyway. awesome, man. Cool. Well, thank you so much for answering these questions, yeah. dude. And thanks again for Sunday and preaching and just being it's faithful and serving our church. Um, but before we finish up, uh, it is summer. It is. Dude, it's getting warm out there too. And I, I love keep, summer. It's fun. I have to say, I work outside, so I have to like, yes. it hits 95 and I have to like You're just right. white knuckle it and say, this isn't even hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause <laughs> I know, cause I know in a month and a half, it's going to be 10 degrees hotter. Right, it's right. going to be, you know, the low hundreds. And right. at that time I'm going to be like, well, it could still get hot theoretically. So <laughs> this isn't hot either. That's right. You know, <laughs> you have to play those little mind games with yourself. I do, right? man. I gotta, it's just like, I'm not that sweaty. <laughs> I can feel that breeze. Just yeah, that's a right. Tiny bit. <laughs> it's a dry heat. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, man, you have any plans for the summer coming up? Uh, what, well, what's coming up? Um, it's July. <laughs> well, dude, it's independence day. I mean, yeah, 4th days. of July is coming so up. That's coming up. That's right. Yeah. The whole rest of July. I know school seems like it always starts up faster and faster and sooner and sooner. It so does. it's probably what yep. the middle of August it or something does. like that this uh-huh. year. Yep. yep. So there's still yep. a month and a half for the kiddos and, uh, I don't know, man. You and me were just chatting about that whole like when we were kids, the summer blockbuster, going to see yes, movies. Yes, my and kids, stuff. Uh, my kids went to a summer blockbuster today. I think it's going to be a summer blockbuster. They went oh, to yeah? see Spider Man. Heck yeah! So that's cool. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. I'm raising them well. You are, man. Yeah, you train up a child the way they should dude. go, and when yeah. they get older. So Spider Man is is near and dear to your heart. <laughs> yes, it is. I grew up uh, reading uh, the original Marvel comics. My dad owned hundreds and hundreds of the original Marvel comics. Oh man. Just as you've seen them, you know, online, 15 cents, 10 cents. Wow. Uh, and I just, I would, re- I would read every single one of them That's and, cool. and he had a ton of them. He sold them all when I was a teenager in the nineties oh. when Marvel, 
was basically bankrupt in yeah. the 90s. And uh, I don't know. How, I mean, he made he made a good amount. Yeah. But nothing compared to what he would would because he had like he had like X Men number one and uh, uh, he had Avengers number one. I'm not even wow. kidding. He had he didn't have Spider Man number one. But he had Spider Man number two, and he had Fantastic Four number one. And in the wow. '90s, Fantastic Four wasn't was the best uh-huh. because it kicked off the whole series. Sure. Uh, which, by the way, I think they're going to go that way with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, you Universe. think so? Fantastic Four. I think they're going to go Doom and Fantastic Four. Okay. I think they're going to build off Doom because he was the original Doctor Doom. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, for our, our novice listeners, Doctor Doom <laughs> was the original, uh, you know, big villain that yeah. Fantastic Four had to take on. Uh, if that's that's what kicked it all off. Anyway, that was his number one comic for years. That's cool. But nowadays, man. He would have made so much money off it. So oh, we yeah. don't talk about it as a family that he sold all this <laughs> There's stuff. There's just like a low level bitterness. <laughs> but yes, but I go see every summer blockbuster I, I can. That's so cool, our, man. Our, our boys are going to, I'm going to go home today and they're going to tell me all about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, that's awesome, so. man. Are you going to go see it yourself? Uh, yeah, for sure. Michelle's going to, uh, we're going to go on a, a like a, two night overnight in, the, in a few days. And she, she said she, she wants to take me. Oh yeah. So she, I think That's she, awesome. uh, she does this all the time. Like I think she, uh, you know, she's doing it for me, but I, I still insist that she must like this somewhere. I think she must yeah. like, cause she's a boy mom, you know, after yeah. a while you just start to, <laughs> to like that. So you start stuff. to like it at some, yeah. at some level. Well, but what's awesome. your, what's your favorite summer blockbuster Dude, movie? Dude, I don't know. I mean, for me, there were so many. I think one that I really, really remember well is the, my family, we went to a, uh, a graduation party in the middle. I want to say it was like late June. I can't remember exactly when, I guess I could look it up actually, but uh, based on the movie release date. But mm-hmm. uh, we were at this graduation party on a Friday and it was getting close to dark. You know, it's like 9.15, the sun's going down. Yeah. It's really warm out. We were all playing volleyball and stuff. And my dad comes over and is like, hey, we're getting ready to go. We're going to go see a movie. I'm like, oh, yeah. Right on, yes. Sweet. What are we going to go night, see? Yeah. We're going to see Spider-Man, the uh, the first the first the one. Original, in the original, the same, same Raimi yeah, one. Yeah, yes, yeah. of course. And uh, yes. dude, that, like, that, that blew great, my mind. Yes. And I didn't have any like idea that it you know, of the aspects of it that didn't match up with like the original Spider-Man, he didn't actually like shoot the webs. He, he made the chemical compounds and put them in little web shooters on his, you know, I, I didn't know any of that. All I knew was this was amazing. Yeah. And then for like the week after every single night I was dreaming that I was Spider-Man and I was like swinging through New York and I was like, this is the best. Yes. So great summer blockbuster. Yeah. I, that, that was just a, a, a really great one for me. You know what a great summer blockbuster was for me? Well, since you're about 80, uh, I'm going to guess <laughs> Casablanca. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Mil- the millennials are so arrogant. Okay. Even though you weren't Dude, even you're born. Technically, aren't you even technically though you a millennial too? I'm though? not. No, I'm, a, I'm Gen X, man. What year were I'm you I'm just born? outside the millennial. You were. It depends s- on who, who, who you ask, but I think I'm a year out. Uh, I'm 1977. Oh, okay. The year that Star Wars came out and the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. You're as old as Star Wars? I am. Wow. Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Dude, I, I don't I've, know why I've it is. I've lived through every Star Wars film. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, I, oh, oh, okay. Favorite, one of my favorite summer blockbuster movie, uh, mm-hmm. memories. Yes. H- high school. I think I was going into my junior year, but it could have been my senior year. Uh, Jurassic Park came out. Dude, that's so great. And I was so into going and seeing this. Yeah. 
that all the commercials had, uh, had, you could get some kind of Jurassic Park, um, meal at McDonald's. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I literally planned out my, my day to go to the movies by going and getting a, uh, uh, McDonald's <laughs> Jurassic meal before I went to the movie. And I, I the whole day was fantastic. Oh, dude, that's just, so awesome. Yeah, the whole day. Was, I remember was when Lost World came out and it was, I, I want to say it was Burger King had all, uh-huh. kind, it was like they themed it out. It might have been Burger King if you have a, you have a better memory. So if it was Burger well, King, no, maybe I mean, I it was the there. first Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, that was, what year was that? Was that 92, 93? It was yes. somewhere in there. So Something I was like I was too young to really be aware of anything. I'm glad you were born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, for that your sake. At least me. I was born at that point. No, but I remember <laughs> Lost World yeah. going to Burger King and they have all these like special limited edition cups and yeah. stuff like that. And the, for sure. the Happy Meals or I don't know, whatever Burger King has, uh, the Burger King kid meals, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all the toys and stuff. And I, I mean, this might hurt your feelings, but at that point I was still too young in my parents' eyes to see it. So, yeah, no, that's, so that's, I don't know if that hurts your heart. That's okay. Or, yeah. I'm okay. But, uh, yeah, man, I wish that I could have seen the original Jurassic Park in theater. Mm-hmm. Like that is up there with movies I would have loved to see. So, but for me, I mean, I, I didn't start identifying with that summer blockbuster feel. Like for me, it was so wrapped up in sweet. I have friends and I can go to the theater without my parents sure. and I have my own money and I get to buy my own ticket. Like, you know, me and uh, like one of the key, like quintessential summer f- like moments for me was like this one summer night, like in 2005 or 2006 or seven, whenever it was where it's like 11 o'clock and me and some friends are just like, let's go see Pirates of the Caribbean. And so we yeah. do. Yeah. And granted, it was one of the bad ones, but. Um, <laughs> the the original of Pirates, is that what you're saying? No, the first one or, uh-huh. or no, no, no. It was, oh, this, was the, this was like. The second one or so. This was like three. Oh, three. Okay. This was like I don't three or four. I don't even know. There's okay. so many now, but it, it was yeah. one of the ones that I wouldn't consider yeah. a great Pirates right. of the Caribbean. It was at that point. But anyway, so it's just that it's so wrapped up with it's it's late at night. It's the summer. I don't have to be anywhere. I have no responsibilities. Yeah. And mom and dad are cool with this. And I'm just out with my buddies. And yeah. it's just fun times. My man. memory of that, that kind of memory for me was the summer of 89. Is there a song about that? The, the I think there is. If you if you got the tune, maybe I could sing the summer of the, No, I think that was summer of sixty nine. <laughs> no, it is. I, no, I'm just kidding. I know it's Brian Adams. Which by the way, when that song comes on the radio, I listen I stop. Oh, it's and, such I stop a great song. It's a great song. Sarah will if that's on, I'll I'll sometimes just play it at home because mm-hmm. I just love it. I love that song. Yes, yeah, it's a great it song. It feels like high school summer or something like that. It's and just a, uh, that's a, the definition of a feel good song. Yeah, right? it's so good. And she she mocks me. Yeah. She's just like you're an old man. Yeah, summer like of eighty nine was uh was when Batman came out, man, and mm. that was phenomenal. That was a phenomenal blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I remember that very well. It's Prince stuff, had man. Prince had a song out, but his song went number one. Uh, Bat dance, yeah. Bat dance. So I was listening to Bat dance while I had my my little Bobby my Bobby Brown uh, tape. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, yeah, Bobby Your Brown cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. So I remember that. I remember that summer well. It was right before I was going into my, I think seventh grade year. That's of, sweet. Yeah, dude, anyway. that's awesome, man. Good times, man. I feel like I lost you there on the... On what? (laughs) 
there with the cassette tape and stuff. Yeah, I think you just kind of, I think you just kind of said that, that that's a different, uh, different time period, different generation. No, I had cassette tapes growing up. <laughs> okay, there we go. Come on, go. man. They're coming back in style. Just, I don't think you understand like generational differences in the years <laughs> that, that those are because... I'm not like, what is, was it Gen Z or whatever now where they're like the Twitter generation or the generation, generation Z is now the largest generation in American history. Generation Z is. Okay. Well, are they, they just the, surpassed millennials? Really? They did. Wow. Uh, they're like the, this year. Yeah, yeah. This year they did. That's crazy. They're the ones. So they're the ones that don't really know what cassettes are and they wouldn't know how to use a rotary phone. They, they exactly that. that this is the generation that has, has no, uh, they have no memory of, of, of 9-11. Like you hand them a floppy disk and mm-hmm. they have no idea what this is. Or better yet, you hand them one of the giant floppy disks and they especially have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what to do with it. <laughs> and and they they don't know what it means to not be online, to not yeah. have a cloud presence, you yeah. know, to have a smartphone That's accessible, crazy. that kind of thing. So it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We could get into a big conversation about dial up and stuff, but mm-hmm. we won't. We won't. We'll save that for a future episode. But anyways, man, yeah, this is good. I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. Good things coming up for uh, for you guys, and um, obviously we've got a baby on the way, so that's that's kind of the biggest in thing one, in my in brain. In one month, in one and a half months, one and a, one and a half months, one point five months, <laughs> counting down the the days. Yeah, August seventeenth, man, it's nice. crazy. So it's wild. So exciting. It is. We're really excited. It's starting to get to that moment where you're just like, wow, it's, I, I remember the day that it was two months away. Mm-hmm. It was June 17th or whatever. And I, uh, that's right. June, July. Yeah. It was June 17th. I was sitting in my truck and I just, it like popped in my brain, like, uh, like a firework and was like mm-hmm. two months, Jared. <laughs> I was just like, you will be a father. Whoa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was a pretty crazy moment. So it's great, man. Very, very but, exciting stuff. Yeah. We're excited, man. But anyways, well, thanks so much for being here, dude. I appreciate mm-hmm. you taking the time out of your evening for, for being here. And thank you again for preaching on Sunday and just being so faithful to the word and, and, uh, just generous to us and serving us with your gifts. And, um, yeah, just really appreciate everything that you bring to the table for our church and thanks man uh, total joy and 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 plug here for sunday for those who are still listening is uh (laughs) is uh uh, my friend ricky alcantar who's a pastor over at uh, el paso cross of grace church in el paso is is going to be preaching and he he's just he's an outstanding preacher so you don't you don't want to miss uh you don't want to miss on Sunday. It's going to be, be fantastic. Good. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you another time. I hope that you have a great week. And as a reminder, you can text in your sermon-related questions here at 469-573-2920. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.